Are you a fan of pro wrestling, comedy, and combat sports? Then we have the podcast for you because we cover that and much, much more. Do you like to debate with your friends? Do we have the perfect segment for you? It's the 531, where we take any given subject, break it down to a top five. From there, we debate it down to three and then into that number one spot. If you want to get a hold of us, find us on our social media. Search Working Fans Podcast on any major social media platform. And if you want to find the podcast, search for us on any major podcast platform as well as YouTube. Working Fans Podcast. We put in the work so you don't have to. All right, everybody. It's the Combat Cast. And we are coming at you live today, as we do every Monday. And we are brought to you by a brand new sponsor, Chevy. Tell us about it. Yep. Game Up sponsoring the uh, podcast now. They make a thirst-quenching adult beverage with a special blend of electrolytes. Keep that uh, that hard hydration for you. Um, four great flavors, fruit punch, orange, lemon, lime, and grape. That's right. 110 calories per can, and it's a low-carb drink, so enjoy. Um, why don't we tell people what we got coming up, too? All right, March 8th, we're back with pay-per-views. Looking forward to this one. This may be one of the best pay-per-views we've seen in years. UFC 299, O'Malley versus Vera 2. Yes. And then also, we're going to be talking about... Uh, AJ versus Francis, um, giant boxing fight, heavyweight title fight. Then we'll be moving on from there. March 15th, UFC fight night, Tuivasa versus Tibera. And then March 22nd, UFC fight night, Rebas versus uh, Nami Yunus. Looking right. forward to that one. All right. And you said Tai Tuivasa. And uh, did you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change this up a little bit on you today. Tai Tuivasa was in Australia this weekend. Doing a shoey with Grayson Waller. At the WWE. shoe was really cool. Yeah, they did some nice looking shoes. Yeah. Uh, for WWE Elimination Chamber, of course, we had a fight night in Mexico. TKO. And there's been a little crossover. Uh, past Monday, Michael Chandler, of all places, calls out Conor McGregor on Monday Night Raw. Chevy, you don't really watch wrestling. Um, any thoughts on this? Uh so Chandler obviously he's known for doing this he he's right. done the Ric Flair call outs post fight mm -hmm. um, which are entertaining for sure I mean he was in the right place at the right time to do that uh, yeah. who yeah. knows if yeah who knows if after his fighting career he ha wants to try to do something in WWE I don't know if that's a great fit that'd be you know I defer to your judgment but good call out I guess uh but also from a hardcore MMA fan's perspective, I think he's too old to be chasing this Connor fight at this point. I'm not sure mm -hmm. we're ever going to get that fight the way Dana's talking about it. So like maybe just move on. Like, I don't think it's going to happen, man. Sorry. So that's interesting. So, right. So as far as the wrestling crossover, no real feelings one way or the other, but it's funny where you went with that because that's what uh, I was explaining this to somebody that's kind of where I went with it was like, you know, um, as a wrestling fan, very inoffensive, by the way, it was, uh, he was decent enough. It was quick enough. Uh, you could tell people in the audience popped a little more when he mentioned Conor McGregor. That's a name they recognize, I'm sure. But to get to the MMA aspect of this too, right. I was telling someone he's chasing this Conor fight because it's such a big money payday. It's life changing payday. But in the meantime, 
He's guys made decent money, but he's also wasting a lot of his prime years. We just had this conversation with Henry Cejudo and a lot of these lighter weights. You know, it's like Michael Chandler. You could be getting another big money, another two, three big money fights, depending on how they work out. You know, do you really want to wait just for this one Connor fight if it never happens? Also, I think Cowboy said this recently. Like, he just got paid his regular flat fee that he got paid to fight Connor. He didn't make anything extra. So it's really dependent on your contract. And if, like, you're getting pay per view points or if you have it written into your contract that if you fight Connor, you're getting a percentage or something like that. Or, you know, if the UFC is throwing you some behind closed doors under the table bonuses or something like that, but you can't, none of that's guaranteed. So you're wasting what, and it's going to end up being the twilight of his career. Let's be honest. He's in his late thirties. So um, how long can you sit out to wait for that fight? Yeah, I don't know. I I agree. I think um, he's already waited a while. I say, if it doesn't happen, you know, if there's no announcement by the summer, by International Fight Week, let's say, I say you try to get yourself on that Madison Square Garden card. You know what I mean? Like, I would say try to get yourself a big uh, a big spotlighted show and come back and then see what you can do. I mean, hopefully you're resting your body, you're healing up, and, you know, if anything, you'll be one of those rare guys that can come back um, rested. But as we said before, we've seen the lighter weight divisions are – brutal and i think we spent enough time on this particular subject let's go to this past weekend where chevy some entertaining fights like you i think we were feeling it on that east coast time i think we tapped out and we watched this the next day but um man i uh really enjoyed the show in particular i was um really I don't want to say it was the better fight. It did get uh, a performance, but I just, I was really more captivated by what was going on at featherweight in this coming event here. Yeah, for sure. I, first of all, the entire card was, was very enjoyable. Uh, Mexico fans were great. They were brawling in the, in the fucking <laughs> stands. Uh, they were there from the opening of the card, the very first fight on the prelims uh, being loud. So shout out to them is nice when fights aren't at the apex and you get, I mean, maybe not the fights in the stands, but the fan interaction and the in the buzz and everything. But yeah, co-main event was the fight of the night for me that I was the most excited for. Um, and you know, performance-wise, these two guys showed out. So shout out to Brian Ortega first of all, got the win coming off a rough couple years. Obviously, he had that ankle issue where he rolled his ankle during the intros. That was very scary. (laughs) Uh, And then ended up just getting his ass whooped real bad in the first round. Sure. Um, Which I think actually contributed to Yair coming out tired mm -hmm. uh, a little bit in round two. And he's not always super active either. Right. Yeah. Yeah, but, um, you know. Just shout out to Brian Ortega. He got got the submission win. Um, then he showed a lot of respect to Yair. Didn't want Mark Goddard to raise his hand when he got announced. Although he did hold on to the choke a little long, and they had that issue with Goddard. But um, he, he explained that he um, was really, uh, for lack of a better, he zoned out. He said he had trouble here. He said he locked on, 
And he said, I'm just not letting go of this, you know, until somebody tells me. And he said, he just, you know, he locked out, he, he zoned out. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I had like to that incident. I'm watching this in the morning and I see his knee buckle and I'm seeing him react to it. And I'm like, Oh shit. And then, you know, Yair doesn't come out with a leg kick necessarily right away. Um, but you know, Lair starts to light him up and then he's going for, he's doing everything. And then, um, sat him down in the first. Yeah. Sat yeah. him down. And, uh, I want to say I even went for a choke or something too of his own. Uh, that might've been round one round two, but what I, what I had in my notes was like, why well, was fearless. Like he did not care about the guard. He was going after Brian, even in his guard, mm-hmm. but you know, what happened was Brian kind of got him down at the end of the round. When Yair did that, and Yair, I definitely thought won the first round, but Brian showed it. Okay, I can get him down. And in round two, you know, Yair because aggressive, but now Brian starts end up controlling most of this fight. He ends up on top again, and then by round three, Brian's in the zone here. You know, he's also comfortable on the feet. You can see now, and you know, he gets in that choke, and uh, he shows why he's special and why I think he's an interesting guy to possibly fight for this title. And I've always found Brian an interesting guy because he's just such such a killer with these chokes. Unless you're Volk and you should have been tapped out or passed out and you mm-hmm. know you're doing special breathing exercises underwater. Like you're gonna you're gonna probably tap or you're probably gonna pass out. So um to me, even though Brian, you know, was classy and he didn't necessarily he said I'll talk about that behind the scenes. I think he's a very interesting fight for Ilya just because of the style. Yeah, um, that's dependent on Volkanovski when he wants to come back and all that. You know, he's earned the title shot, the rematch, obviously. But I, I do think after the two consecutive knockouts, it would be smart for him to take some time off. Do I think he's going to do that? Probably not. But um, yeah. I think Brian would be a suitable alternative to that. Can I just say, I hope we shock the world here in a few weeks. Like, I'm hoping, I hope Matt, I love Justin Gaethje, but I'm hoping Max, like, does the, uh, the upset. And I hope Max ends up fighting Islam for the title. And I hope Brian ends up fighting Ilya. And I'd love to see those two on top because to me, like, they were two really special attractions in that uh, featherweight division for a while. And um, good, solid dudes with exciting fighting styles. So, um, anyway, I'm rooting for those guys. Yeah, I'm with you. Boys out. All right, let's talk about the main event. Um, Very close fight. Brennan Moreno versus Brennan Royval, two. What surprised me was uh, that Royval was the one that got stronger as this fight went on. You know, Brandon Moreno, Brandon Moreno is typically the guy uh, who gets stronger as the fight goes on. You know, both are very quick. Uh, I definitely had Moreno winning uh, the first two rounds, although I, I thought he won the second round too. But they were close. But as the fight was going on and Rovell was really feeling himself, I was like, man, this is kind of a difficult fight to score in the sense they're both so fast, which is something that happens at flyweights, especially with these elite flyweights. And they're doing something, but definitely Roy Val, you could tell, especially by round four, round five, was the stronger fighter. Um, and I didn't have a problem with this decision. I thought he won. I think most people did. I don't think it was controversial, but it was a close fight. Roy Val was certainly going to have a problem that <laughs> he lost. 
Uh, he looked upset because he thought he did lose. And both was well, in Mexico, so yeah, you know, right. I get ju- judging MMA judging a little bit weird, but yeah. But now, what do we do? Roy Val just came off a, a loss right. not too long ago, and he's had two losses to the champ, not in title fights per se, but he's had two losses to the champ. So it's very interesting. It's like Pantasia is still a new champion. And it's like, I think really what they were hoping for was Moreno here and we could do a big fight in Mexico, but that didn't happen. So mm-hmm. I say you do the fight with Roy Val anyway, because it's not like you have a ton of options at this weight class. And it's not to me like this is a unique weight class where I feel like the draw of it and the excitement of it is just the action of these smaller fighters and how fast they are. So anyway, if you're going to put it with another title fight too or something, you can always do that. But I say at this point, give Rival a rematch. Yeah. Um, I was surprised like you with uh, Rival continuing to build as the fight went on. And we know that there's a very high elevation in Mexico City. I know that Rival is from Colorado, so he trains at elevation, but Mexico City is much higher, so it's it's even tougher. Just I think he won by just putting so much more volume out. Um, Moreno was really just hunting the overhand like right side. I think he was really looking for a knockout in Mexico. Yeah, that would be great for him, but I think he kind of let the fight slip slip away by just hunting that one thing and, and Royval just putting tremendous amount of volume out. Uh, I thought he got the win too. I didn't think it was very controversial, but yeah, I don't, I don't know if that's the next move. I'm not well enough versed with the top 10 of flyweight, to be honest with you, because mm-hmm. it's really just these couple guys at the top that, you know, get any shine. I know, um, Mokayev is out there. I don't know if he's fought Pantoja before. I think he's like somewhere in the top 10. If he wins his next fight, maybe he gets, gets a title shot or something. I think it's up for grabs, really. Then the next flyweight to put in a really impressive performance could mm. earn a title shot. Emil Albazi is another name, too. That's Albazi, yeah. Number two, actually. So maybe he'll find himself in there. Kai Kaikawa France is at number four, too. Um, so you know, maybe the fact that Pantasia did is coming off that recent title fight could be looking at somebody else getting in there, which is yeah. hey, new blood. So yeah, for sure. All right. Let's get to this weekend's fight night. The one Chevy's been anxiously awaiting for. Told me off air. <laughs> yeah. So excited. <laughs> you know what is great about this? 4 p.m. Eastern main card start time. So we won't have to be uh staying up late like we did last week. So that'll be nice. But <laughs> One um, paper yeah. <laughs> Also, I'm not sure this. This is both cards. Rahul, uh, Raul Rojas Jr. had to pull out due to illness, like five minutes before the fight last week. And Dana said he was going to fight on this week. And then Ricky Turkios said I didn't sign any contract to fight this week, so it's up in the air right now. That's an interesting fight. So if that ends up on this week's card. That's one to keep an eye out wherever it ends up. But for now, we're just going to go over the co-main and main event. So uh, the only fight I possibly care about, co-main event, Vitor Petrino versus Tyson Pedro. Yeah, Vitor is 10-0, 7 KOs, 1 subs, 2 decisions, 3-0 in the UFC. So very impressive. He's a prospect. Tyson Pedro's been around for a while, 10-4, 5-0, 
five KOs, five subs, and he's won three out of his last four. Tyson Pedro has looked real good after taking some time off. Um, Tyson Pedro part has always, to me, he's always been a little inconsistent on what Tyson Pedro is going to show up. But to me, um, this is a fight for Vitor. Like, this is what they're obviously, I think, they're trying to step him up in competition slowly. He's expected to win here. I like Tyson, but I don't feel like this is going to be his time. I'm going to take Vitor by KO. I think Tyson will probably go at it with him, and fortunately, that will probably lead to a first-round knockout. Yeah, I could definitely see that happening. Tough fight for Tyson. Needs to be slick and defensively sound. Um, I think a big key for him is to start off early with those leg kicks to t- sap some of that power from uh, Vitor. So if he can do that, then I think he can mix it up with him. But he needs to weaken those legs so that uh, when he does get hit, it's not going to put him out right away. So um, I'm going to pick with my heart. And I'm I'm gonna pick Pedro. I'm gonna say he does get those leg kicks in, and then uh, it's a pretty even boxing match. He ends up with the round three TKO. All right, I like it. All right, let's move on to the main event. Uh, a couple of big heavyweights: Jarzinho Rosenstroik versus Shamil Gadziev. Shamil is twelve and zero, eight KOs, three subs, one decision, one and zero in the UFC. Uh, Rosenstroik thirteen and five. Uh, 12 KOs, one decisions. He's lost three out of his last four. Uh, he's had a lot more competition. Obviously, he's fought in Francis. He's fought in Curtis Blades. Um, so he's had a lot more tough competition. I think he has a win over Overeem too. I have to look it up. But like, uh, now you got <laughs> you give me that. I don't know. Yeah, I'm wondering here. It's not memorable enough to remember that. He does not have um, the greatest. Uh, he's not the most exciting fighter, despite the fact he does have power. Um, and, you know, he is a heavyweight. It feels like he's just been in some snooze fest here. Uh, here we go, Mr. Rosenstrut here. You got me wondering. <laughs> I thought he won a fight with Overeem that he was losing. And he caught him on the way. He did. He did KO Alistair Overeem in round five <laughs> at four minutes and 58 seconds. And around he was losing, which sounds exciting, but it really wasn't. <laughs> so, yeah. But that's just the category he's at. But this is not about him. Again, I think this is about these prospects and we're trying to get them some shine. That could not happen, but I'm going to say it does. Shamil. I'm going to go round two, TKO. Yeah, so Jorginho is a great striker, and he has power, but he has zero ground game, and it's well known, so it's easy to nullify his strengths in the cage, and that's why you're seeing he's lost three in a row. I mean, other than the Francis one, he just went Francis on him and and KO'd him in like 10 seconds. So, um, Plus, Gaziv is incredibly durable. Um, so I don't really give Rosenstrup much of a chance personally. I think Shamil gets touched a couple times on his way in, but once he gets his hand on Jarzinho and gets him down, he makes quick work of a moment, say TKO finish. Uh, I'll say he makes it to round two. All right. Well, we'll see fans. Let's see if these fights, uh, aren't surprising us more than we're anticipating in the meantime, Chevy, why don't we talk about that sponsor one more time? 
All right. Yeah. Our new sponsor, Game Up, uh, is a hard hydration adult beverage, um, thirst quenching adult beverage, special blended electrolytes, four great flavors fruit punch, orange, lemon, lime, and grape. That's right. Full flavor, 110 calories per can, and it's low carb. All right. Chevy, tell people what we got coming up one more time as well. All right. March 8th, UFC 299, O'Malley versus Vera 2 for the Bantam weight belt. And then Francis versus Joshua, we're going to talk about. And then March 15th, UFC fight night, Tuivasa versus Tibera. Apex fight, I believe. A couple big heavyweights getting in the little cage. And then March 22nd, UFC fight night, Rebos versus Nama Yunus. So Rose is making her return to the cage. All right. Should be some fun stuff ahead, even if we're not looking forward to this week. But that's all right. Guys, we'll see you next week. Thanks for tuning in. All right, so that wraps us up for this week. Thank you again for listening to the Working Fans Podcast. So as always, you can find us on Twitter at Fans Working. Our Facebook page is Working Fans Wrestling Pod. We have email where you can reach out to us and let us know what you think also. That's Working Fans Wrestling Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram, Working Fans Wrestling underscore pod. And then as always, please continue to listen to us on Anchor.fm, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, all your major platforms. If you're following us on Apple Podcasts, which we are also on now, and YouTube, please make sure you subscribe and give us a five-star rating. It helps us bring you these podcasts where we get to talk to you and talk with you.